welcome back to the Gnome Boys. Sorry I missed you guys last week, but we're excited to keep it rolling here with another another episode coming back. Um, like I mentioned in the first episode, I believe, not being a real job, we will kind of have to push this to the side occasionally. Um, that's just what happened this past week. But um, like I said, back again, obviously. Um, we got a little NBA talk. You know, first half is coming to a close. All-Star game this weekend, All-Star weekend. Uh, so we talked with some first half highlights, some surprising you know, teams and players where the standing sit all, all that kind of stuff. And then maybe some, some of our favorite all-star weekend moments, see what pops up. But before that, a couple quick things to get to, um, JJ Watt, the, the big free agent, he signed with the Arizona Cardinals, two years, $31 million with 23 million guaranteed. That's actually at least what's being reported. Hasn't been officially confirmed as a recording, but that is most likely the, the correct amounts. What do you guys think on JJ Watt going to Arizona? Yeah, it was a surprise for me. Wasn't expecting that. I think um, <clears throat> it makes that division even harder, which is probably the toughest division in football in my mind. And as as we've talked about a little bit, poor Russell Wilson has to <laughs> not be too excited about that addition to his division. He was already just getting absolutely hammered by defenses. And so that won't be fun. But yeah, I mean, it really, really... Uh, solidifies the Cardinals as, as contenders in the, in the division and conference for sure. Yeah, I did hear reports how I think other teams did offer him more money. I'm just curious maybe who that was. Uh, I know he's, he's a fan of Kyler. I guess I know there's a report about him like texting Kyler, saying how he's coming there and everything. Uh, and on that, Russell Wilson, I don't, what do you guys think about this, all these uh, trade speculations coming with that? I don't know. I mean, it, it, and one hand, it kind of feels like it came out of nowhere because he's had such a good track record and a lot of success there. But on the other hand, you know, they haven't had a ton of, you know, extended success into the postseason lately. And like Dirk just alluded to, he's just been getting rocked by defenses. Right. Um, and maybe he's not thinking that the front office or Carroll or whoever it might be is doing what they need to do to address those issues. And he wants to get out of there. Maybe he just wants to change, change the scenery. I'm all for the chaos, you know, him and Watson want to be on the move. You know, you don't see a lot of big name quarterbacks potentially being traded in the same off season. So I'm all for it. I, I love, I love the nonsense. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I was totally caught off guard with it, you know, especially with the success they had, but yeah, nothing shakes up the league more than, you know, quarterbacks changing teams. Yeah. I, it's like, it's the most Russell Wilson trade request request of all time if that makes sense and i mean explain, like, explain. yeah explain you know, that a little so bit. you know like uh i i'm nobody knows of course but it seems like you know maybe they're using leverage like his agent you know leverage and all that kind of stuff but just being like oh hey i, I don't want to be traded but if i am going to be traded here's four teams that i do want to be traded <laughs> to but also i don't want to be traded i'm happy in seattle so it's like all right. Um, it's a, it's He's like try, trying to be to the nice guy it. and like save yeah, face there yeah. being like, I don't want to leave, but if you are going to trade me, it should be one of these teams. Yeah. But just so you know, I am, I am still happy here, but <laughs> that's just as how I took it. I thought it was funny being a Badgers fan. So what are Russell Wilson forever? Like it, it just is funny to think about it that way. What's his list of teams? Um, the bears that, are on it. Cowboys, Ra- I think Raiders were they in there. Yeah, I think so. Bears, Raiders, Cowboys. Why would the Bears be on anyone's list? Is it just because they have a good defense and he wants to play with a good defense again? 
Yeah, that's a it's a good question. I'm curious. What's their O line ranked? Because so you, you, you got to think that's in the back of his mind wherever he's yeah. going. The fourth team is the Saints. So Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, Bears. Would have been interesting to see him go to Indianapolis. If we're talking O line, yeah, absolutely. And, that and team is obviously there's there's way more go that goes into it than just they could use a good quarterback, but you know, yeah. salary caps and whatever else might be might be involved there. But just in terms of just rampant speculation, Russell to Indianapolis would be would be interesting. There, you know, the, the young team, good good O line that he's been needing desperately. Um, but yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens with him and with Watson together. You know, if, if one does get traded, is that going to trigger a move for the for the other one? If they're going to have any any bearing on each other or not? Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere in the end. I I think if you're a Seahawks fan, just invest in the offensive line. Like it's pretty clear you really need to do that. I mean, because so you saw what he uh, could, what he can still do in the first right. you know four or five games of last season. He was incredible. Just gotta let Russ cook. I, I always find it astonishing when teams let their star quarterbacks get this pissed off. You know how, how hard it is to get someone like Wilson. And you get him in the, what was it, a third-round draft pick, and he's turned into potentially a Hall of Fame quarterback, and you're just going to let him kind of dictate that he's going to be be gone. I, I don't understand how, how you get that happen. Yeah, yeah. ask I mean, these teams like the Bears and the Jags, like these quarterbacks don't come around easy, you know, like – and like we just saw the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl, their offensive line was one of the top in the NFL. So like invest in, in protecting your quarterback. It's going to be a good thing in, in, in the long run. Yeah. All right. So I think um, Neil was saying he's got a bit of a Harry Potter update for us. He continues through his, his book journey for the first time. So you finished Prisoner of Azkaban. Is that, is that right? Yep. So number three is all wrapped up. I started number four. Haven't gone too deep in it yet. Just a few few observations as I've read the first three here. Something I noticed reading the books and actually watching the movies is Harry spends a whole ton of time in the hospital through every year. Like <laughs> I feel like when you're watching the movies, you just expect it at some point, like, oh, like he's gonna get hurt. And like when you're reading the books, it's like he is getting hurt a lot and going to the hospital a lot as a kid. Like, dude, you maybe you need to tone down the adventures you got going on here. <laughs> Because I, I was trying to count. I'm like, I think the first one, he goes like at the end of the book. Uh, the second one, that's when he he breaks something. Well, he breaks his arm and then um, yeah, Lockhart tries to heal and he's, he yep. just makes his yeah. bone disappear. Yep, that's true. He has to chug that skeletal. <laughs> that's such a good point, Neil. It's I never would have thought of that, but now that well, you bring it the up. The third one, he goes twice. Right. <laughs> and the third one, he goes... Okay. After the whole incident with like Sirius Black and Lupin, he goes there. He goes overnight right before him and Hermione go back in time. And then when he falls off the broom, when he sees the Dementors, well, he goes I, to the hospital. I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with or listen to the, the Binge Mode podcast from The Ringer. Mm-mm. They yeah, they went into they do a bunch of like deep dives. Um, and they did one on the full Harry Potter series and one of their favorite running bits was how often they say there's no safer place than Hogwarts. And then and then they go over basically like what Neil was just saying. And you've got Voldemort being a teacher. You've got a basilisk in the building. <laughs> you've got dementors around the grounds. Kids going to the hospital every other day. But oh, no, but no safer place. No safer place than Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Let's see what else I got here. How far are you into Goblet of Fire? 
Uh, not very far. Um, where did I leave off here? They're at the Quidditch World Cup. Uh, and you know, there I, I stopped in the middle of the chapter there. I had to do something, but uh, Harry's just in awe of like all the tents and like how they, you know, looks like an apartment inside when she's like a normal tent. Uh, so yeah, I'm not too far with that. Uh, other things I noticed with the first three here. So the whole like incident with, I don't really remember in the movie that much. Now I'm thinking about it with like, you have Sirius Black, um, Professor Lupin, Snape shows up. You have Peter Pettigrew, that whole scene. I just don't remember in the movie. I guess I haven't seen it in a while, but I don't know. It kind of made it nice little, uh, nice and fresh and a, kind of a, a good way to go and read the book because it's something I didn't, I wasn't expecting what was going to happen. I didn't remember exactly how it went down. Talking but, about at the end when they're in the Whomping Willow. Yes. Or beneath it. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in the movie, that's when, um, so Sirius and, and Lupin kind of corner the three uh-huh. and then um, they do, they do that dumb movie trope where they're talking, they basically play the pronoun game. And they're and Harry, Ron, and Hermione are just left confused because they think they're talking about some you know someone else, and it's they're saying like Peter Pettigrew's in this room. And then they then Ron, you know, he gets out of Ron's hands and they cast a spell on him and he turns into into Peter like in the middle of like the, the hole that he gets stuck in. Huh? Yeah, I, I don't know. I need to watch that movie again because it's, it's it's been a hot minute for me. Sure, sure. I mean, while we're on that scene, I did like it was kind of the first time you saw almost like. Not necessarily a dark side of Harry, but more of a, I guess, mature, as you say, as he really had like the intentions of wanting to kill Sirius Black. Mm-hmm. You've never like seen that from Harry yet at all. I mean, he obviously has the hate towards Voldemort and everything, but this was the true time. Like you saw, like, you know, kind of the clocks working in his head, like, I want to kill this guy. Like, how am I going to do this? Yeah, well, obviously I mean, it doesn't happen, but his fr- friendship to him, it basically is his family with with you know the, the shitty dursleys not being much there if anything right. at all um and so with with Sirius being his his parents and his dad's especially best friend thinking that he betrayed them it's just kind of unconscionable to him that someone would do that to someone they would sure makes to sense be, be friends with so i think that's part of why he just gets so enraged and wants to act out like that mm-hmm. last little tidbit i have here kind of the beginning of the fourth one uh, when they're when Voldemort's with Peter Pettigrew and they're in his old house and he's talking about like did I did I read this correctly like milking his his snake and eating like was that in the movie at all I don't think so because I'm, I'm reading this I'm like I never heard about this at all and that's how he gains his strength back by like just drinking the milk from a snake yeah I, I'm pretty sure they, they left that little little tidbit out I don't that just I did not see that one coming but you know it's it's Harry Potter world exactly all right so then with the first three what's the ranking so far uh, i really enjoyed the third one a lot um going i was surprised i was going to because it was like the movie that i at least remember but i think just i think that kind of helped me with with it too because not knowing what was all going to happen but i think i'll just go three two one at this point mostly correct it should be three one two but you know, that's fine hey, close enough <laughs> close enough i guess <laughs> you got you got the right best one out of the three that's really what matters oh. all right well, quick touch on the Golden Globes, which were just this past Sunday. They're they're always kind of uh, the the joke award ceremony that people don't really take them too seriously. They always nominate some some real head scratchers this year, namely um, Sia, the musician, her movie Music, which was 
incredibly offensive, I thought. But I got a couple, <laughs> couple nominations. That movie was terrible. Um, but then but they, 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 they nailed down a few. Best, best motion picture drama was Nomadland. Have either, have either of you guys caught that yet? I have not yet. It's I have on not my list. I gotta, yeah, it, gotta it is on Hulu now. Um, so it is, it is on Hulu for free. Oh, nice. Um, and then the big surprise... Um, was for best actress in motion picture drama. So the Golden Globes, of course, they they split the best picture and lead actor and actress into two two categories. But for best actress in motion picture drama was Andra Day from the United States versus Billie Holiday, another you know movie kind of like um, Renee Zellweger and Judy last year. I haven't seen it yet, but the kind of the general consensus seems to be the movie is nothing special, but she's incredible in it, and. What gets me with that is because I'm huge into the Oscars. So when the Golden Globes start and awards ceremonies start, you know, awards season is in full swing. So kind of looking at um, what that might mean for the Oscars going forward. Um, I don't know if you guys will find this as interesting as I do, but for best actress at the Oscar, 18 in a row have won at the Golden Globes. Oh, wow. So that seemingly would put Andre Day and then um, Rosamund Pike, who won for musical or comedy, in the in the driver's seat but you know a lot of you know critics choice are this weekend they've still got the sag and baftas coming up but i, I know dirk you watch some, some of the, the golden globes right yeah so that's actually a, a good uh segue into a question i had for you did you do you agree and do you, well, first do you agree with the roseman pike win and either way do you think um that'll happen as well at the oscars so roseman pike she seems to be like a classic Globes nominee. But what she has going for her is that this year, obviously with the Oscars being so much later that, you know, her movie came out like a week or two before voting ended. So a lot of the big time awards movies will come out in October, November, December of a normal year. And so part of that is you want to be kind of the last thing on voters minds. And it was the same thing with, with Andre Day. Her movie came out just recently as well. And, you know, there's, you know, can't really prove it out one way or the other, but there's a lot of thought that, you know, people saw it last. So it stuck with them more just because they had seen it more recently. Um, so that could carry her over into an Oscar nomination. You know, we'll have to wait and see. I think they're in two weeks, March 15th, whatever that Monday is. Um, but the, the also the, the musical or comedy was fairly weak. In terms of nominees, um, Maria Bakalova from the Borat sequel was yeah. thought to be kind of the, the runaway winner for that one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kate Hudson had no business being nominated for music. Michelle Pfeiffer in French Exit. I don't know anyone outside of critics that have even seen that movie. And then Anya Taylor-Joy, who I thought was fantastic in Emma, but that movie was probably close to a year ago now, if I'm remembering the release date right. Yeah. So so I doubt Rosamund Pike will get nominated, if I had to guess, at the Oscars, but I would assume Andre Day probably will. Okay. And then we'll see, see what happens going forward. Um, but any, any surprises or, or big upsets or wins you were happy for, either of you, for what you guys followed at least? Yeah, the the couple for me. Well, first I liked a lot um, of of course Chadwick Boseman winning um, and his wife Taylor Simone Led, Ledward accepting. That was great. That was oh yeah, yep. emotional and that was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then second, I I think we we all talked about this briefly, but uh, Ted Lasso and Jason Sudeikis that 
I mean, I, I watched that show in probably two days. Max, that, show is, that show is so good. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was really happy for him. Um, I was hoping the show would win over, I think Schitt's, Schitt's Creek won, I believe. But um, I was hoping that win that would have won, but I'm glad that Jason Sudeikis won in the end. That was a, uh, that made me happy. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to, to see them win that too, but you know, I can't complain that Schitt's Creek winning. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and that that speech that Sudeikis had was just. <laughs> I didn't just see it, but like I saw something on Barstool where that was he like that they thought he was like high or something. That that was a thought, but also he's he's in London right now because they're filming Ted Lasso season two. Okay. Um, so if if so he was he was on a live feed there, so he was I don't know what they're six hours. Yeah, they're at least ahead. six hours ahead. So, so yeah, that, that would have been at. I mean, we were watching it probably eight or nine central time. So it was the middle of the night for him. Dude just wakes up at two in the morning to take, <laughs> take an accepted speech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that that had something to do with it. But yeah, maybe he ingested something a little little extra on the side. But either either way, a fantastic moment. But we'll probably touch on some more of the, the awards as they get going. I know I'm probably way more into it than these guys. But um, we'll at least mention it and, and see what see what comes up. Any last thoughts? We we'll move on to a little NBA talk, guys. Yeah, all good. Looking forward to the Oscars. Yes, we'll definitely be talking the Oscars if nothing else. That's for sure. All right. So the NBA All Star Weekend is this weekend. Out the game on Sunday and all the other other events that they're doing. So again, as always, we're recording on a Tuesday. So some of the the stats or standings that we might reference here might be slightly you know flipped around. Um, by the time this comes out, but it should be the same general general idea. I guess first, just general thoughts on the first half of the season, surprise teams, good, how much you guys have been watching outside of maybe local markets? You know, I mean, for most people, this would be a surprise team, but like seeing what Chris Paul did with Oklahoma City last year, like I shouldn't be surprised how well Phoenix is doing this year. I think they've had a nice little stretch run here recently. I think they're like the three or four seed right now. And, you know, I mean, I'm a fan of Devin Booker as well. So, no, I, I definitely want to see them do well. Yeah, the Suns have been have been a real fun surprise. I mean, they had that that hot stretch in the bubble last year. And I know there was a lot of speculation. Yeah, they won all their games, but they couldn't make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people wondering, did they just get hot at the right time? Um, or was that kind of a sign of things a sign of things to come? And it looks to be the, the, you know, the latter, even with with Chris Paul playing a big part. He wasn't there with them last year, obviously, but you know, they got a, a great young core. Like you said, Devin Booker has been, been incredible, but yeah, I would love to see, see them make a, make a run, but I don't know with, with Utah and the Lakers right now, especially Utah. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they're I mean, not, they're not on national a lot, but I did catch their game against uh, the Lakers a few nights ago and Davis was out, but Utah just, just ran through them. Like it was nothing there. Yeah. There's something else. Yeah, I think. Well, first, I, I completely agree with Neil. I last year was a bit surprising seeing the Thunder with Chris Paul um, do so well, but then it's like I, you know, he gets traded, and it's like, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I like Devin Booker, but we'll see. And he, yeah, it just same thing over again. He, he's, I mean, he's a legend, uh, and and it's fun seeing them actually be in contention. But then, yeah, I agree with you, Hamish. That I think the Jazz the last couple of years, like they've had the pieces, you know. And they've been they've been right there, but they just haven't been able to put it together. And this year, they they really are. They're really showing that that they're legit. Um, and it, I mean, it'll be fun come playoff time with the Jazz, Clippers, Lakers. Uh, you think that the Nuggets at some point here will kind of 
run, you know, run off 10, 10 wins in a row or something, because they just have similar to the jazz. They just have the right pieces I'd say. And have been pretty solid the last couple well, of years. As we, as we're speaking right now, they're, I think they were up 20 points on the bucks Are before, they? <laughs> before I hopped down here. <laughs> let me, so let me get an update here. Yeah, the, the jazz are always a weird team for me because I hated them growing up. <laughs> Like I, it was for whatever reason I hated Carl Malone and John Stockton. Yeah, for re- no real reason, and so I can never get behind the Jazz. But they've got they've got a sweet logo, that's for sure. Yeah, Doc- what, I was going to ask you that. What do you think? What did you think about their '90s uniforms, dude? Okay, so you guys know this, but I I just bought a, a few like throwback um, NBA hats. So I've got I'm looking at the Vancouver Grizzlies, Sonics, old Rockets, and um, the old Golden State Warriors. And I was, I got a couple more tonight, um, putting that tax refund money to responsible use, of course. <laughs> and, um, I saw the jazz, a couple hats at, at lids and I was like, man, these hats are, are awesome. But I, I, I flashed back to like 10 year old me. I was like, ah, I can't, I can't do that to him. I can't <laughs> which, do it. Which, uh, which jazz logo was it? Was like one with like the mountains in the back yeah, or was it the mountains? The okay. mount, that one's, it was, it's so sick, but I, I just couldn't pull yeah. the trigger on it. It's like the, I, and I'm sure you both agree you look back at those jerseys and I feel like it's the consensus now, but every Jersey for the most part, probably 90% of the jerseys are just incredible from the nineties. I mean, like, well, I know you like the Hornets one, you got Hambage. They, they're kind of back to um, what they were. The old school Hornets then. is sweet. Right, yeah. yeah. The thing with these nineties jerseys, like a lot of them are just kind of so over the top is what made them so good too. Like yeah. they, a lot of them, like they don't actually have the logos on the front anymore. Where like all these nineties ones had the actual logo of yeah. the mascot on the front. Like like the new Brooklyn Nets jerseys, at least depending on which one they're wearing, I, I don't like those that much. A couple of them I do, but it's like there's a, a couple like one I saw recently with with the Harden, a picture of Harden, and it's like it's it just seems weird, like this new school type look logo. But then you look at the old school stuff, like you just said, Neil, and it, I don't know, it's just it's such a better vibe to it. I mean, Brooklyn also has terrible colors. I think, <laughs> yeah. It's like, black like and white, black and white, black and gray. It's like, no, it's, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have, have something that, that pops. And, that, and there's yeah. a reason the Raiders never have the best jerseys in the league. Either. It's just it's such a, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah. They're, they're pretty bad too. But going back to the Suns, though. I just want to mention, I, I will always cheer for Chris Paul mostly because he's at one of my all time favorite sports yeah. stories. Do you guys know the, the high school one with his, about his grandpa? Please do tell. Yeah, so his when he was this, I'm pretty sure a senior in high school, his grandpa died, and they were very, very close. And his grandpa was, I believe, 63, 62, 63. We'll just say 63 for the for the story. So he he basically made it his his mission to his in his next game to score 63 points, and he got he got fouled. Um, shoot, he got a shooting foul called. He was fouled while shoot, shooting, so he got two free throws. That was a struggle. Um, at when he had when he was at 62 points. So he, he makes the first free throw, then just duffs the second one, just way off to the side, just walks off the court and just that and took himself out of the game. Yeah, that's awesome. Like it was it was one of the it was a sports center special, I think, when he was at Wake Forest, probably as a freshman or sophomore. And they had footage of the game. And I think he just walked right into his coach's arms and they just hugged. I mean, they were up by oh, a ton, so it's not like he took himself out in a close game. But well, just this is say, when he was in college, you said high school, high school. Okay, I thought, but, I thought okay, but I, I heard about it like Sports Center did a, a story on it when he was in uh, college. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was at Wake Forest, yeah, and that's awesome. That's, that story 
immediately was and has remained one of my just all-time favorite stories. It's just just awesome. Just knowing he was probably like the superstar on his team, like there's nothing his coach could do about it. He's like, All yeah. right, I guess I guess you're coming off the court, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great story, and I'm with you, Image Jew. I've always loved Chris Paul just because he's you know small and crafty, and you can tell he's just incredibly smart. But then also when David Stern nixed the trade back in the day, like 2011 or 12, when he was supposed to be traded to the Lakers and David Stern's just like, nah, it's not happening. (laughs) Like a poor guy, like he and Kobe definitely would have gotten a, at least one championship together, I think. And now he's, he's, he's probably like 36, I would guess. And he he hasn't won yet. So it's like, I mean, another surprise team that, uh, I I certainly didn't see us with the Knicks or, Oh yeah, I mean they don't yeah, have the, yeah. as good of a record as the Suns, but I mean they're currently fourth in the East, whereas you know the past few years they've been you know dwelling on the bottom of the East. Yeah, Julius I saw, Randall, I saw a great a great I think it was a tweet like a couple of days ago where it was a the Knicks had just won a game and people were just not rioting but they were kind of just like partying and celebrating in the streets and it was like this is what we do when we're seventeen and seventeen. The city is gonna burn to the ground if we if we win the title. <laughs> I mean, they're used to seeing 17 wins the whole season, let alone, you know, at the halfway point. Yeah, very true. That's where my uh, my poor little timber pups are about on pace for. I think they're at about nine or nine wins right now. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings here. They're seven and 28. Oh, seven. I was too, too, too high when I said it was a nine. One and nine in the last 10 games. Yeah, that's yeah. it's not good. Anthony Edwards um, is. Yeah, he, he's, he's fun to watch. Yeah. And yeah. and I, and obviously like there was that huge dunk that he had. Um, mm-hmm. on, I can't remember oh, who yeah. was on. And yeah, that was that was awesome. It was a sweet highlight. And and then you saw mm-hmm. I can't remember who the um, shoot who the analyst was who said yeah yeah but he was like Twitter. three for fourteen in the game. <laughs> yeah, would you? Ha- I kind of I kind of agree with him. Like I I, I I'm gonna play both sides on that because yes, it's an awesome highlight. Celebrate the athleticism. Celebrate the absurdity of. Em- embarrassing that man to his core but every time he you, you i see a highlight of his on twitter or on sports or whatever i'll check the box score oh yeah he had 15 points he was you know four for 20 from the field it's like we'll take the good take the bad but i'd rather have someone never dunk a basketball ever and and shoot you know 35 percent even <laughs> from the field that's we're going for but he's a lot of fun he's obviously young we'll see we'll see what happens um, as the Timberwolves you have not proven, I'm just not holding out hope at all. As it as a T Wolves fan, do you wish they drafted Lamelo Ball? I mean, he is leading all rookies in points, rebounds, and and assists. <laughs> so from that standpoint, yes. But he's also leading I, all rookie highlights that are fun to watch. That's a that's a that's a good point. It's a good point. But I'm not upset that the Ball family is not involved in one of my my teams. I'm all in on LaMelo ball, but dude, just think, you know, daddy ball could have got all the balls to come over to Minnesota. <laughs> we don't need Leangelo over here. Eh, he can, you got a development like team, don't you? I'll, I'll take Lonzo and LaMelo, but Leangelo can stay wherever he I is. I mean, you know that you guys in the back of his mind, finally get them all on the same team or at least two of them. Gosh, I, I kind of wanted the wolves to draft him just to see what LaVar's reaction would be. Cause he, he would have been furious if, if Lamelo had gone to the Timberwolves, because I don't know that he'd be doing as well as he 
as he is right now. I mean, maybe him and Cat would have been an amazing pairing together. Um, yeah, but, I think they would have had make like you know trade D'Lo or they would have had to do something. But as yeah, because they have, sort of changes. you still have Ricky Rubio or you have a Ricky Rubio again. I should yep, say from that awesome draft class where we took him and Johnny Flynn back to back, right oh, in yeah. front of Steph Curry. Oh yeah, Minnesota draft never never fails to disappoint. But I mean, I I just don't think the Wolves are set up in any sense for young yeah. players to have success right now. The the what do you what do you guys think of the coaching change of the Wolves? Like just the way it happened. Like they they fired they fired we fired Saunders and then the same night we we hired an outside coach. Yeah, that that was uh, fishy. Maybe is the word. It, it just is like all right. Well, this must have been in the works for a little while here. So I like I didn't follow it too closely, but did a lot of players like come to go to social media like with their thoughts on it or anything? Well, well, a big part of it was that. Um, they obviously, you know, there, there's always a push for, for more, for more black coaches in, in the, in the league and our assistant coach who a lot of the players love would have been mm-hmm. a great candidate. Like a lot of teams will do is they'll promote the assistant to interim head coach for a trial period, whether it's the rest of the season or a month or whatever it might be, but instead they bypassed him and went straight to an outside hire. And I know, I know towns is a, is a big fan of, um, Blank on the guy's name, unfortunately, but he's a big fan of his. Vanderpool. Yep, yep. So that that was more so that it was like they didn't really give give their own in house option a fair shot. Is kind of what the consensus was, and there was a lot yeah. of a lot of backlash throughout the league and, and analysts about how it was handled. But I've I've never seen I don't think in any sport an outside hire being done that fast, that, yeah. that quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm with you. That. It, it just something was going on behind the scenes for sure yeah i mean in most in most cases something is going on behind yeah. the scenes that we don't find out now we'll find out you know years down the road yeah. true yeah very true mvp what do you guys think about you know half, halfway one thing i didn't realize and i don't know how much this will affect the you know any any mvp talk on um, whether just first half or season long but i did not know at least as of when i looked that bradley beal is leading the league in scoring Dude, he is balling. A dude's averaging 33 points a game. <laughs> Poor guy stuck on the Wizards, but they had like a an all right run somewhat recently here. Yeah, I think they're they're kind of hold on. They played tonight here. Let's see. Oh, yeah, they won. It was weren't they like seven and two or like eight and two in their last ten games or something like that. They, yeah, they so, had a I little mean, bit of a run. Yeah, they lost tonight, but yeah, they did have a little run going. I remember saw seeing an article like is it the Wizards? Is it finally their time? And I, I'm like looking at their record. I'm like. It's a little late for that, but it's fun to see them, you know, try here. Yeah, it'll be the Eastern Conference is like the Western Conference. It seems, you know, is a little, I, I guess, with the Suns jumping up now this year. But it's it's pretty. You, you probably could have guessed who the contenders are versus the Eastern Conference. You know, with the the trade for Harden and everything, um, that'll be interesting. The top teams there, but I guess for me, um, speaking of the Eastern Conference, it's got to be between Embiid. And um, Jokic for for the first half MVP race in my mind at least. Yeah, I like I like watching Jokic play. He's kind of like this. I don't want to say gadget tool because that just makes him seem not as relevant. But he can just do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like he has a deep range shot. He's got the you know the craftiness with his assist, and obviously he's a big guy. Just get the rebounds. Yeah, and and like you said with the assist, he, I think he's almost averaging a triple double. Whereas like like Embiid, I think it's their points and rebounds are pretty similar. 
but then Jokic has a few more assists than than Embiid does. Yeah, I'm looking um, at it now. Um, he's like third on the list as f- for like favorite, and he's averaging 8.4 assists a game. So yeah, he, and then 10.9 oh. rebounds. So yeah, he's, he's near that triple double average. He's also leading the the Nuggets and steals per game, just for good measure. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that dude's so fun it's to watch. Stat. Every time I see him spot up for a three or do anything, I'm always surprised that a guy his size can just look that that good and that smooth from anywhere on the yeah, court. I should sure. know better by now, but I, it, I just it just can't can't get ingrained in me that he actually can do that stuff on a yep. regular basis. I will never forget. I think Derek, you're the one the first one to send me the picture when when we were all in quarantine before you know, they play in the bubble. Didn't he lose like a ton of weight and just looked like a completely different person? You yeah. remember like how much he oh, lost? Oh, yeah. I hadn't yeah. thought about that in a, in a minute. Oh, it's pretty yeah. wild actually seeing that. Um, he was back in, he was somewhere in Europe, I want to say. And yeah, he was like watching a, um, or was that like an international game, I think. And yeah, it was wild seeing his transfer, body transformation. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. This, this, this guy. Yeah, yeah, he's so skinny. Yep. So skinny. That was incredible. All right. I'm looking at here because it's from July. I was saying he dropped about 25 to 30 pounds. Like that's pretty significant. Dang. Yeah, that really is. What do you guys think of someone like Donovan Mitchell or someone from the Jazz at, in the in the MVP talk? Because right now they're I think they're is probably, as most would agree, the clear cut best team in, in the league. And you know, how much stock do you put into into a win loss and, you know, ultimate seeding, even though they may not have a true top five superstar, like a, like Giannis or Embiid or Jokic or mm-hmm. whoever else you want to throw into that possible discussion. But what do you guys think? I guess in general, maybe on the MVP, you take the best player on the best team, take the best player, or you try to truly drill it down to who is the most valuable player, regardless of if they're a one seed or an eight seed. You know, I, that's always a tough question. Like I, I actually don't know what the right answer is and how they really determine that. I mean, honestly, a lot of it's kind of like a popularity contest to like who's being talked most about, like who is the media, you know, talking the most about on all the shows and everything. I mean, honestly, I would like to think that it is, you know, the person who is the most valuable to their team. It's what it should be. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the Dak Prescott argument that people were last, last, last season for the Cowboys were making the, whether it was only partially joking or not, but that, that the case could be made that Dak could have been an MVP candidate, even though he missed most of the season because they saw how much of a difference he made to the Cowboys when he was in versus out of the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still giving up the same amount of points, but you know, Dak's not a defense. He's the one that's got to get him out of that hole every single game. Yeah. But yeah, it's always, always an interesting talk um, or discussion on that, but I did see one, one stat um, I didn't double check it, so I'm hoping this is right. But it was that in 10 out of the last 12 years, the league leader in the player efficiency rating has won the MVP. Hmm. Um, so if you follow that, then that right now that would put put Jokic at the top with with Giannis and Embiid falling behind. But um, I think that's probably a, a pretty good starting point, if nothing else. On yeah. obviously, if how how you're doing, because that does kind of say how valuable you are and how your team does when you're when you're on the floor. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's an interesting. Um, I don't know. It's always hard to look at, no matter what sport. I think, because because everybody's going to have a different opinion on um, what what makes the MVP. But yeah, I, I mean, I agree with Neil overall too, and both of you guys. Yeah, 
Maybe yeah. we could just go MLB style and have one for, you know, each division or each yeah, conference. That's true. that's true. All right. Well, before we get to the all-star, any um, right now, what, what would be your guys' mid-season predictions for the finals? Both representatives and who wins? Uh, I mean, just looking at just how everything's been going, I think, you know, Brooklyn's really clicking here. And as much as I don't want to see them go to the finals, I think I'll take them from the East. It's hard not to pick the Lakers, but just for that reason, I'll, I'll go with the Jazz. I'll go Jazz Brooklyn. Just you know, two teams you haven't seen there in a long time either. Yeah, I'm with you. I I don't want. I really don't want Brooklyn to go. But I think in the end, it'll it'll be like a close series against um, probably the Bucks or the Sixers, I would guess. And Brooklyn will win just because they have KD, they have Harden, you know, they have the superstars. Um, but I think I'll go Brooklyn Lakers and I'm with you. I'd, I'd rather not see. And who else, teams. who knows who else are going to get it like the trade deadline or something. Here. Right. Yeah. And Lakers how, will get someone. How they can just keep sure. acquiring these players. I don't know either. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Lakers will get someone for sure, whether it's buyout or, or a trade. So I think it, it'll be superstars and that's probably what the league wants to see. Unfortunately too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the same page with, with Brooklyn. I think they're just so tough to beat in a seven game series. And got to beat them four to seven. That's me a real tall task. And I'll take the Jazz from the West. Just the way they're looking right now, I don't know how you can pick against them at this point. Obviously, still plenty of basketball left to play. I would love to see the Suns in the Knicks. I don't think <laughs> I'd find too many people arguing with that matchup. But that'd be that'd be a great a great finals. I'd love to see the Mavericks in there just because Luca is so fun to watch. But right now, it's probably going to be I would go with Utah and and the Nets. I mean, I love the Mavs as well, but I know they they were kind of struggling early on here. I think they're they're starting to go in the right direction now. But oh yeah, they get, I, I don't they think got, they, they got, got much of a, a shot to make it. I just love watching Luca play. That the more the more that more people can see him, better for for yeah, the league and for fans. Can't blame yeah. me for that. Yeah. All right. So with that, All Star Weekend. Are you guys much into it recently? I know I was really. I was the most kind of into the NBA and, and all of it when I was still playing basketball. So kind of when I was in like rec league through like eighth grade, you know, still, still had all, all my friends that were, were playing together. Um, so probably from ages I don't know, about 10 to 14 or so um, we, we would all, we would kind of, there was one friend who I get together with or a couple on all-star weekend. We'd play Corey Bryant NBA courtside on what was it, 64. They actually had, I think the first time a game had a three point contest version of the game that was some of the, that was some of my my more fun parts which just kind of the the hanging out part and did you guys ever have like the, the living room like doorway basketball hoops oh yeah growing up so I, I would always throw on the dunk contest throw on the all-star game and i just hooped my living room for like three hours it was great no I, i've definitely had those with uh like the little like fisher price hoops so yeah, you, you, guys the doorway, one, but... you guys had one uh in, in, your, in your in your house in neil in neil's room uh, oh, yeah. that's true we did we did have that <laughs> forgot about that yeah, you busted that no. out recently yet, Neil? Uh, no, I've, I haven't put it put it up in the new place yet. I think you got a you got a pretty good ceiling behind you there. I think you could put it right in that doorway. Oh, I the other room. I think it's like a because it's a I live like have like a loft area, so the ceiling, the floor to ceiling, is more than enough space for that. Oh, gotta get that going. Yeah, that that I actually did that same thing, Hambage. I remember a couple All Star weekends with friends in in probably like sixth grade or so, and that was always. I think that was looking back on it was probably the most um fun time to watch the all-star game because any dunk was was better than it than it 
maybe actually was. I mean, we were um, coming up with with Vince Carter and Jason yeah, I mean, Richardson. That, yeah, I mean, that, was that they, I mean, they redefined the, the the dunk contest. It was just insane right. what, what those guys were doing. And it made you want to dunk on your little Nerf hoop. So, oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Now they were talking about the Nerf hoop. It kind of reminds me of a story here. Uh, it was the 2010 or 11 dunk contest. It was the one where like Blake Griffin jumped over the car from Baron Davis. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Even though it, it really wasn't as impressive as it may have looked at the time because he like he barely jumped over the hood. Regardless, I remember we were in college, and then that night because it was a Saturday night, we went to a party. I remember being at the party talking to a girl. And all of a sudden, out of the corner, I see Dirk dunking on this little like Nerf hoop <laughs> by himself, like in the corner. Like, hey, hey, Neil, hey, Neil, check this out, Blake Griffin. And then all she goes is like, "Do you know him?" And I, and I was like, "Yeah, it's my roommate." And I'm, I'm sure I turned, and then she was gone after that. Like, I don't know if you recall this because obviously you had no, I do remember that. you're under the influence a little bit. But. <laughs> I do remember. Oh, that. that's I incredible! Was an absolute blast. I don't think I've ever heard <laughs> Some that. Some things story never before. change. That's that's awesome. <laughs> Some things never change. That's great. Honestly, that girl was probably a little intimidated by how good I was at dunking. That's true. I mean, I probably started dunking too, and that's why she was intimidated as well. <laughs> that's so funny. Maybe I'll toss up alley oops. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, but but Amage, I agree that that Vince Carter. I mean, that's got to be the best dunk contest of all time. That was. Yeah, that's that's an iconic one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also the the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon from 2016. I still think Aaron Gordon got robbed. Yeah, I agree. I watched that recently, and I, I mean they both were so solid, but I do agree with you. I was watching um some some highlights of like of like funniest moments. Um, do you guys remember when when Chris Birdman Anderson I got two here when Chris Birdman Anderson was in the 05 slam dunk contest? <laughs> What and, he, was, and, he, was he on Denver at the time? He was on Denver. And yeah, what was the rule? So. Like you had, I think you had like a minute or 90 seconds to just complete a dunk in, in however many attempts it took you. And, and he just could not do it. He was, <laughs> he was like shooting the ball up, like, like passing it to himself to bounce high and catch it. Um, and he just, he just literally could not do it. And he, he, and he took basically almost the full time. Then he, he got the dunk, but, but it was it was after I don't know twenty you know ten attempts maybe it was it was fantastic. What, pull, it, pro- pull it up on YouTube if if you haven't seen that one before. That's the thing with like the, the rules with this like if you don't get the dunk on your first attempt like me as a judge like you're getting deductions every time you're missing there. Yeah, yeah, especially unless it's some insanely difficult one. But he wasn't doing anything super out of the ordinary. Right. But the the best one that I either hadn't seen or just completely forgot. I'm pretty sure. Uh, a former Badger, Michael Finley. He went to Wisconsin, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. In the in the '97 dunk contest, he, I didn't he, even know he was in that. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm sure he'd like to forget it too. He, <laughs> he he tried to do a a cartwheel. It's like he 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 passed the ball up in the air to himself, then did a cartwheel or what he thought was a cartwheel. It was one of the worst cartwheels mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Like, you guys remember from The Office when Creed wants to do a cartwheel? Yeah. Yep. It was basically like that. <laughs> That's great. And he completed it, but absolutely watch that one because it's it's hysterical how horrible it was. The announcers were losing their mind of just about how bad it was. I feel like That's didn't great. someone else? It wasn't like Corey Maggetti. I think did like a front flip or something like that, like a, in a similar situation. I don't remember that, but sure. I, don't know. I, I could I could just be dreaming that, that, but. <laughs> 
but I would say for this year, probably the last couple of years, actually, it's the like three point contest has been more fun than the, than the dunk contest. Um, and especially this year for me, at least it's, they just announced, I think today, the players, um, that are in it. So it's going to be Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. And like, that's a pretty solid crew. It's quite the crew. Fun to watch. I did see like Dame just dropped out. Cause he, I think he was in it too. Yeah. Like uh, that's bummer actually. But yeah, the three point contest has always been for whatever reason, it's, it's a lot more fun than you would think watching people shoot basketballs would, would be. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. How do you think you guys would do if you were not necessarily in the actual competition, but just if you had, had the chance to, to run through a, through a, like a round. I think I would get tired a lot faster. Than... Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They would... <laughs> thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, like... first I just need to adjust to the NBA three point line. That'd be, <laughs> yeah. that'd, be the, that'd be the first hoop. I got the first hurdle. I got to jump, but yeah, that would be a great, the whole stamina part is because yeah. I'm going to want to go like full out, like jump, jumping like my yeah. first shots and I even think about it. And I'm going to get to that top of the key I'm going to start huffing and puffing being like, yeah. oh, oh shit. Like I did not plan for this. Then you got more rounds too. If you keep winning that, I would love to do a homemade three point contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe a little, go a little light on the, on the time limits there. Yeah. <laughs> because exactly. there's no way I would, I would finish, finish the round or I'd just be, yeah. I'd just be chucking up air balls. Cause I wouldn't be able to, I would have no legs left. Cause I would like, like Neil said, I would for sure go too much legs early yeah. on. Yeah, Buddy healed one last year. Oh, that's, that. yeah. That. He also, I believe, is a year older. Or I guess now it's a known thing. But did you guys see that? It was a couple of years ago. He was like, yeah, I'm actually 25, not 24 or whatever. Like, how do people was. not know that? <laughs> so well, Danny Omonte action over here. Yeah. <laughs> actually, he, he only played one year at Oklahoma, right? Where did he play before that? Um, no, like, I think, was he just so one and done? I think he played a couple of years. At Oklahoma. I think he played at Oklahoma the whole time. You're probably right. Um, but I don't know for sure. Let's see. Yeah, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. He played for four years. Fooled me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was saying. Because he got, when he when he was, a, he was like an old rookie. Because he was going to be like 23 or 20, like 22 or 23 years old coming into the draft, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. But another... Another um, all-star all-star moment that gets gets played a lot, um, especially around this time, is the the 2012 East intros, where where LeBron and oh, Dwight yeah, are, yeah. are dancing like idiots. Yeah. Um, but I have having a good time with it. They just, they just look terrible. But then Derek, but then Derek Rose is just just standing there, just Stonewall, just not yeah. moving, not not having it. Yeah, yeah, that that's it's pretty funny to look back on. Poor Derek Rose too. Was that the same one where Shaq kind of had his own? No, I don't know. It couldn't have been where he had his own little like dance intro. I think 20- he was on he was on Phoenix at the time, maybe too. In twenty twelve? No, I, I don't think it was twenty twelve though. Now that, that I'm thinking that about one. it, that would have been way way too later in yeah. his career. But no, I I'm blanking on that one. I don't remember that one. What what do you guys what do you guys think of the um the rookie challenge when it was still that instead of the rising stars? So it was like the rookies versus sophomores. Yeah, that that was. I, I always did like those, but I think the right, I mean, it's a good, I'm still, I guess I'm glad what I'm trying to say is I'm glad they still do something like that with the rookies. Um, the, but the rising stars, I mean, I guess I don't have a strong opinion in the end. Yeah. I, w- I always really liked the rookie sophomore game. That was one of my favorite things. 
Yeah, I, I loved it because there were so many so many rookies that because I've I've always been a bigger college basketball fan than NBA. So there were a ton of players that I that I would have been following for the last year or two in college mm-hmm. that get to the league. Then you know they're having decent seasons, but they're not going to be all stars by any means. Then you get, they get the chance to participate in, in some way. So I always really enjoyed enjoyed that one. I kind of wish they were doing it the same the same way still. Yeah, I guess when you put it like that, yeah. Any other specific moments from the All Star Weekend years past? Anything that you're? Uh, I mean, just for me as a Bucks fan, you know, there were there was quite the drought where you know we didn't have any players from there. I was I was taking a look at it today. It was like yeah. In like the mid late like nineties early two thousands we had like you know Glenn Robinson Ray Allen going before that Vin Baker, but like it was like throwback had, names there. We had Michael Red I think the oh three oh four season then from that until two thousand sixteen we didn't have anyone, so like it always was kind of bummer you know like I'd still watch the games but it's like you want to see someone from your team play but you know rightfully so the Bucks were never you know one of the top teams. So no, for me, it's just kind of fun to like, you know, see the bucks in the game again. And not just one, we had, you know, two players the last year, the year before this year, we just have the one, yeah. but love to see it. And if you're talking throwback uniforms, the bucks have some, some, some dope older, older logos and, and apparel for sure. The nice, yeah, the nice, was just, the nice, the nice full standing buck on the jersey. Yeah, there's are, that one. Sick. And then something I never noticed as a kid, the old like Bucks unis, the purple and the white ones too. Like even like the letterings, they had like the they had the pointing at the edge, like the antlers. It's just something I never noticed when I was younger. But like oh. you look at it now, and it's like, oh wow, like they they were thinking about that there. I'll check yeah, check that out. Cool. I, yeah. I definitely did not notice that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we will move on then to our closing segment. A uh, little hey hambage action to finish Let's us off. Let's do here. this. <laughs> Dirk, you want to go first? All right. Hey, Ambage. What's the your favorite thing that you've bought this year? I just bought some some sick hats. I just bought a, <laughs> that's what made me think of it. I just bought a Duffman uh, Funko Pop today, actually, as well. Um, favorite thing this year, probably, um, actually, probably something that was purchased just a few hours ago. <laughs> to go with my Montreal Expos hat because that nice that's correcting a wrong that I should have, I should have bought that years ago. I've always wanted one. Um, and just for whatever reason, never pulled the trigger. Follow up question. What's on tap for the rest of the tax return here? <laughs> oh, I, I finished, I finished the, the splurge spending. That's the rest is going to, <laughs> to savings and investments, like, like an actual responsible person. I, w- I always find a few things to, like I said, the kind of splurge. I got some hats, got a sure. pairs of pants. Um, but the rest is going to, to, to the future. You nice. investing in some stocks these days? Most mostly funds, but I got a little pen stock, a little PayPal. Nice. Nice. All right. I got a couple of food related ones here. Love it. All right. You know, you're done with work, you're going to the grocery store. What is something you're always grabbing when you're going to the grocery mm-hmm. store? Even if you know you have it at home, you know you can never have too much of it. What is something you're always grabbing? I have a pretty constant stream of watermelon going right now. And I'll, I'll, I'll go the, the pre-cut, what they call the spears, um, just for ease of access, even though the, Hey, real, you save, the, you save a ton of time getting doing that. Say, sure. I'll pay a little more for, for the time saving. Obviously the real, yeah, not they're all real, but the, the uncut watermelon is the preferred way to go for, for taste and everything. But just pop open that, that bad boy, just throw down, you know, a few spears each night, 
great. <laughs> but I, I also get nice little, nice little nightcap. Oh yeah, you can have it any time of the day, <laughs> morning, afternoon, night. Never back that from watermelon. And then I also get um, it's like this they call it like marble iced bread. So it's, so it's marble bread with like a one like layer of of icing on just like the top part of it. So like it's like a quarter on the edge on the on the crust part, if you will. Love that. All right, destroy that. Mm-hmm. All right, my next question: What's the worst job you've ever had? I've only had a few. Um, I guess by default, I worked at the tennis desk at a country club one summer. And the worst part was the general manager. He was super strict, which is fine because, you know, it's it's his right to be. But he would never like yell at you or like talk to you directly if he wanted you to change something, even if he saw you doing it. So there was one time it was obviously in the summer. So I had a summer, a summer reading assignment for whatever my English class was. I was in the office. There were, there was nobody on the courts. They were all clean. There was literally nothing to do, but sit there and wait for something to come up. So I'm, I'm reading very reasonable to do. He, he walks by, gives me a little wave, says a hi, hi, how are you? Then he goes, goes on his way. The next time I go in, my direct boss says, Oh yeah. Yeah. Vince says you shouldn't be reading on the job anymore. I was like, this doesn't have it to like say it to your face. I was like, you know, what? goes around you. Literally like 24 <laughs> hours ago, the guy saw me reading, smiled, gave me a you know brief minute conversation, went on his way, and then you, he tells my boss to tell me not not to read. And of all things, reading. It's not like I was watching TV or on Facebook or whatever. I was literally reading a book. And if, if you if you don't want us reading, fine. Like again, that's his prerogative. I'm his employee, but tell me yourself, man. Yeah, I was like 15. Like you, yeah. you're, you, you, you're not, you can't be intimidated by a 15 year old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you at that point you didn't know any better. Like you just like there's nothing else to do. Like I don't want to, you know, just waste my time sitting it was, here. It so. was literally my yeah. first job. I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I've done everything I need to do. I think it's probably okay if I read for five or ten minutes until, right, until yeah. I gotta go sweep the courts again, or whatever it was. But whatever. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. All right, I got my second food one and my last one for today. Okay, you're having a burger. What what's going on top here? What what's the condiment situation for the Hambridge burger? Depends if it's a juicy Lucy or not, because that just affects the cheese placement. <laughs> um, just a standard burger. Otherwise, it's we'll, probably we'll not go. too different. There's gonna be bacon. There's always gonna be bacon. Um, it's gonna be a cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger, um, ketchup, mayo, pickles, and onions, most likely. Okay. What's what okay. anything you forget in there, Dirk? Mm, each their own, I suppose. <laughs> but no, the, the that sounds it's pretty classic. That's but the good. juicy Lucy, you guys you guys know know what that is? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so there's solid. Couple couple of famous spots in the Minneapolis area. But their their juicy Lucy's pretty much just come just with the the meat and the cheese, but then I'll get bacon on that. And then I'll add ketchup and mayo at, at home usually, but um, a little lighter on toppings on that one. What's your what favorite? Kind of, what kind of cheese? Oh, no, no, no. What kind of cheese are we rolling with? You just going cheddar or you, just, you like just, to mix it up? Just standard American. Favorite fast food burger? Hmm. I might. It's between Culver's and Five Guys. I'd probably, I'd probably go Culver's. 
my last question, I'll, I'll go on, piggyback on Neil on some food questions. Your favorite dessert? Chocolate croissants from this place called Bread and Chocolate in St. Paul. Can't go wrong with a good croissant. Tasty. Yeah. They're delicious. They're the, they're the best chocolate croissant I've, I've ever had. They're amazing. Whenever I go and get one, I'll get like three or four for like the week or a couple days, most likely. <laughs> or, or that day. Yeah. Good answer, Zambone. That close it off for both of you guys? Yep. I yep. am good. All right. Well, that was a, another fun episode. Uh, we'll be back. We're still deciding on some future topics, but we'll, we're getting we're getting some some plans in the works here. Kind of get to get a more schedule, firm schedule set. Um, one other thing, just to kind of be on the watch for, if you remember our buddy Jared, who's on our, our NFL um, Super Bowl and 2021 early preview episode, he and I are working on getting a Survivor podcast uh, going. So that's still in the early stages, but if that is of interest to you, the first few episodes at least will be dropping in the Gnome Boys feed. And then if we keep going with it and it's working well, we might give it its own dedicated feed, but just something to to be on the watch for there. As always, give us a, a rating, review, sub- subscribe, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, we're there. And give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Gnome Boys Pod. Uh, but that'll do us for this week. For Dirk and Neil, this is Matt Hambidge. We'll see you guys next time.